This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 14 and Pharaoh is bearing down on the children of Israel. He's coming to to get them and they are going to see him and they're going to react to him and they're going to react to the situation. Now, there's oftentimes we get all emotional about this and why would they do this? Why would they do that? And there is a principle that is underlying what's going on here. And it's a principle that's very difficult for young Christians to get. And why not? It's absolutely it's absolutely going to be the case because there's really no experience that's going to help you figure this out except experiencing God, except the actual process of coming to a experience of God actually at work in your lives. Oftentimes when we come to salvation, when we come to our conversion experience where we repent and turn to him, and begin the process of being changed and being saved, what we're doing is we hate ourselves and we hate our sin. And we realize that God loves us and God cares for us and that he is offering us hope and a life. And we turn toward that. And that is, there is nothing wrong with that. That is absolutely the essence of the good news of Jesus Christ. I would not say anything negative about that at all, because that is just the way it is. Now, the issue is that when we come to him, we come to him as we were before. We're born again, but we're born of spirit. And that's what he said to Nicodemus. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And what happens is the fundamental change that takes place in our lives is that we are spiritually alive again, meaning we have a new human spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in and communes with that new human spirit. And now we have a spiritual aspect to our lives. I remember the first day I was at ROTC at Princeton and they took me in there and they, and practice football practice is going to be at three o'clock. And I had to, had a meeting there at 1130 and they did some orientation and about 1230, one o'clock, they start handing me equipment. I'm thinking they're going to take me out there and give me one uniform. They gave me two duffel bags full of uniforms. I had no idea what to do with most of that stuff. I remember coming to the first day of drill, the first formation I was ever at Preston, and I had to look like a the worst soldier that ever was because I just I didn't know how to put the uniform on. I remember senior putting me aside and getting me squared away, and it took him about five minutes to get me squared away, where I looked halfway decent for the first for the first formation. And the truth about that is is that I just didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. When your spirit, when you're dealing with coming to Jesus Christ and getting that new spiritual life that is real. You have a relationship with God and God the Father is spirit and you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit who's spirit and you're only you're only tied to them that you can really tangibly grab hold of is Jesus who is God made 
flesh, he's the God man. And so that's why we love Jesus so much is because he's really how we tangibly reach out to God, how we really experience him. That's why he's called the bread of life. That's why his body and blood was given for us. That's why he's the way, the truth, and the life is because he is the physical manifestation of God who is spirit. And so he's taking us to a a new place. He said, those whom the Father give me, I give them eternal life. That eternal life is spiritual life. It is a spiritual existence. And before that, you have no, you have no context by which to really walk in that. You're just kind of, you're kind of brand new to it. You are, you're just brand new to it. And so when spiritual things begin to happen around you and when spiritual things begin to take place around you, you just don't really know what to do. And you're experiencing those things. And I and I have a brand new grand grandbaby and my first one. And every time I see her, I try to see her at least once a week. They live about 70, 80 miles away from us. And every time I see her, she's doing something new. She's experiencing the world in a new way. This week, she was beginning to be able to hold her head up a little bit. This week, she was beginning to laugh and try to mimic the the mouth movements that we were making toward her, talking to her. She was beginning to to grow in those things. But when she came out of the womb, she had no context. She didn't know what she was looking at when she was seeing things. Her eyes weren't functioning right. She All she knew is she was hungry. She was uncomfortable or she was tired. And I mean, that's just the way, that's the way she came into the world. And that's the way we all come into the world. We come into the world really not knowing what we're experiencing. And when you come into the spiritual life, you do the same thing. You don't know what you're experiencing. And let me tell you something. It can be fairly intense because you do now have a spiritual aspect to yourself that is is feeding your emotions. It's feeding your mind. Your mind is is beginning to perceive things that weren't there before that you don't you you may not even realize that you're doing. And a lot of times what people do is they just suppress that. They push that back and they just they become very stoic in their religion and I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just gonna try to learn what I can with your eyes wide open. And oftentimes we even we even create Christianity in such a way we we function in the way we do things in such a way to make people okay with the spiritual aspect of what's going on. But let me tell you something, you're never gonna be okay with God. Totally you're never gonna understand what's going on with yourself. Those things are never going to work out until you begin to function in the spiritual nature that God intended for you to have. And story, we have the children of Israel and they're just newborn believers. And that's the best way for you to describe them there. They're not newborn Christians because Christ hadn't been born, hadn't been crucified and resurrected yet. But what they are is are new believers and the, we know they're new believers is they put that blood on the doorpost of their heart. In fact, the only thing they did in Egypt, the only thing they did in Egypt was sacrifice the lamb and put the blood o- across the doorpost, which is a picture of crucif- crucifying Christ. And so the only thing they really, only experience they really have with God is that, is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so when they go out into the wilderness, and obviously Satan, Pharaoh's a picture of Satan, and, and Egypt's a picture of the world comes at them. And what do they do? Well, they panic. They panic in fear. And I, I can identify with that. And not only can I identify with that, I don't see that there was, it, that really probably was anything they were going to do otherwise. And you go, they saw all those, all those plagues on Egypt. They saw all the wonders of God's hand at work delivering them out of Egypt. 
Yeah, but they were in Goshen. Most of it they didn't even realize was happening to its full extent. Ain't no little frogs all in in Egypt. They didn't they didn't experience the darkness. They didn't have their firstborn child killed. Sure, they could have heard about it, but hearing about it and experiencing something are two totally different things. And I can tell you what it's like to get your head knocked off in a football game and lay there thinking you've been decapitated. But I, just because I tell you what that doesn't mean you've ever experienced that. I can tell you a lot of things that I've experienced in my life that, that you haven't experienced. But as I explain to you, I might give you some insights into it, but I can't tell you what it's really, what's really going on until you've experienced it. And the truth is they really didn't have anything to do with their deliverance. And you need to know this. You didn't have anything to do with your deliverance. Uh, you didn't do anything for your salvation. Jesus Christ paid it all. He did the full work. He did the finished, complete work for you. And so when you're walking in this new life that's been given to you by God's mercy and grace, when you're walking in that new life, you just don't really know you, you didn't do anything for it. And so learning how to do it is tough. You're a newborn spiritual being. That's who you are. You're born again, meaning you're a babe. You're a babe in the kingdom. That's why Paul talks about drinking milk and moving to solid food because we are. We're newborn babes in the kingdom. And our first re and our natural reaction when, when the world attacks is what? What's to be afraid? And so that's what happens. If when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because I love this. This, this is one of those ones you probably need to memorize just for funsies, just to, to remember this is how you think about things sometime when you're dealing with spiritual issues that are coming about in your life. This is really how you think about it. And we all do. Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? What they're saying is, what, we couldn't die in Egypt? You just took us out here so we could die in the wilderness? What a great response. And everyone who listens to my voice, whether it be this morning or years down the road, you know for sure you have thought. That is exactly how you have seen things. God, you got me here just to destroy me? And the answer is, no, he hadn't. And that's the logical answer, but when you're dealing with all the emotions of this new spiritual life, sometimes you just don't know what to do with it. Sometimes you just, I, mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess you just brought, you you saved me so you could destroy me, God. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He did not. But you feel that way. And feelings are reality until the truth settles in and makes itself known. And that's what God does. How you feel is what you think is reality. And the truth is, it's not reality. It's it's just how you feel. And so he says, why have you so why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? The reason he's dealt with you that way is because he's saving you. <laughs> and that's what Moses, remember, Moses is the deliverer. He's the prophet. He's, the, he's a type of Christ. And when they're dealing with Moses, when they're speaking to Moses, really they're speaking to God. And their spiritual senses is, are that we're going to die. They feel like they're going to die, and they're upset about it. And he said, "Why did you? Why have you dealt with us this way and brought us out of Egypt? Is it not the world that we? Is it not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians?' Notice your natural instinct is to go back to slavery. You hear that? I want to let that set in. Your natural instinct is to go back to slavery. 
your natural instinct is to go back to the flesh, go back to the worldly, fleshly, carnal way you were living. And new believers, their natural instinct is to that. And I'm going to tell you that natural instinct is from the natural man. It's not from the God man. It's not from the spirit that God has given you. It is the natural man that wants to go back to those things. And let me tell you something. You can't go back. Once you're born again, you can't go back. You think you can. You think you're going to enjoy it, but you're not going to enjoy it. You can't enjoy it. You're new. You're a new creation. The old is past. The new has come. There, there's no way to go back to it. And so your efforts to go back to it are going to be empty and they're going to be in vain. And you, even though you feel that way, even though that's your first instinct, even though when you're dealing with new Christ, Christians, their first instinct just to go back and act like the world, go back the way they were, they're never going to be able to do, it, do that. You're not a part of the world anymore. You're not a part of that kingdom. You cannot function properly in that kingdom. You won't ever be able to because you're a new creation. And by the way, the spiritual forces that operate in that side know who you are and you can't get away from it. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Now, the truth is that's true. It would have been. It would have been better for them to stay in Egypt than die in the wilderness. Okay? But they're not going to die in the wilderness. And that's a straw man. It's a it's a dichotomy that doesn't really actually exist. Okay? They're not going to die in the wilderness. They're going to die. Now, some of them are going to die in the wilderness because that's their unbelief in going into the promised land. But they're not going to die in the Egyptian wilderness. They're not going to die in the world's wilderness. They're going to make it. And you are too. And believers that you're dealing with, young believers that you're dealing with in their in their walk, in their life, new Christians, you've just got to help them begin to see spiritual things. And let me tell you, you say, well, Pastor, you've talked about all this. How do you see spiritual things? As we go through Exodus, I'm going to show you how to see spiritual things at work in your life. Because, by the way, the Holy Spirit's working all the time. He's never He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always at work in your life. He's at work in every way. There are spiritual battles and wars going on around you. The there You have angelic hosts or not angels ministering spirits to minister unto the saints of God. And you're one of the saints of God. You have angelic beings that are there ministering to you each and every day. You don't even realize it. You're distraught. You're tore up. You're broken. We're battling in this world of death and sin. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and God is sending his ministering spirits to minister to you, and they are, and you don't even realize it. The only way you're making it sometimes is they're helping you through, and Jesus Christ is feeding himself into you through the Holy Spirit, and you are growing and becoming and you're experiencing these spiritual battles and these spiritual wars and not even realizing it. And you're becoming more and more uh, capable, more and more able, more and more prepared for all the good things that God has for you. You are doing all that stuff each and every day, each and every day, each and every day. You are doing it and don't even realize it. And let me say this, keep going, keep moving forward. Keep opening your eyes. When you feel the Holy Spirit at work, join him in that work. When you feel the Holy Spirit moving, watch to see what the Spirit of God does. And they're going to do that too. And Moses is going to give them their first lesson in how to deal with the Spirit of God and the power of God at work. Because remember, they were in Goshen when a lot of this was going on. They didn't see it. They didn't see the deliverance that God gave them. But he's going to show it to them in full power in just a few verses. 
and they're going to have their eyes open. I pray that'll be the case for you. I pray that each and every day you'll open your eyes to the spiritual realities that are going on around you, that you'll open your eyes to the great spiritual work that God is doing in your life and with you as you join him in his kingdom. And I pray that you will become a kingdom worker because you see God at work spiritually where you're at. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.